Don't get lost in the vast expanse of the internet? Try Ventoff SEO Manager instead, the Shopify app that store owners use to optimize their search engine results. Ventoff SEO Manager is your SEO toolkit. You'll be king of the hill, top of the heap, cream of the crop, so why settle for page 10? Simply put, SEO Manager allows you to change the way search engines see and list your store. Better search rankings means more customers, which means more money for you. Try Ventoff SEO today and get found. Just search SEO Manager in the Shopify App Store to get started. So my cold open bit originally was what's... what's well, we're, we're getting meta here. What's the cutoff for saying Happy New Year? It's, but, to, it's today. It's it was today. yesterday. I mean, we're recording February 1st. It's February 1st today that we're recording this, and yesterday was the day. All right. All January you get. Because I turned 40 on January 24th. So wow. for me... I didn't know you were that old. I mean, I turned 29 this year. Oh, you're forever 29 yeah. as well? No, I'm not forever 29. I just turned 29. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. I'm not correcting any of this. Mm -hmm. It's all true. That's just straight fact. Yeah, I know. All right, so we're just all agreed. The Happy New Year nonsense is over. That's done. It was so weird going to high school in 2008 when Obama was elected. <laughs> I was in high school. You have an unusual amount of gray hair for somebody who's 29. Wow, that's like commenting on someone's body super problematic. Well, it's because of the baby I have. None of this is adding up. <laughs> but I'm just going to accept it as fact because we're on a podcast. All right, what are you? Your original cold open was what? Uh, what's the cutoff for saying Happy New Year? Yeah, we already went through that. Yeah, I don't have. That's it. That's my call. That was what I had. All right. I have nothing. All right. Well, we're good then. We'll yeah, just move forward. Yeah, because we're in the winter doldrums. The only thing I watch on TV pretty much now is Perfect Strangers because it's on Freebie. As a 29-year-old, how do you even know what that is? Oh, I just like watching old shows from before I was born. <laughs> okay. You're right. Yeah. That makes sense. I should have thought of that. <laughs> It's historical to you. Yeah, exactly. My wife and I did a thing last Friday. Uh, it was There used to be this thing on television called TGIF. I don't know what that stands for or what that is because I'm 29. Uh, and, <laughs> you know how 29-year-olds yeah. always announce their age repeatedly? <laughs> uh, so we ordered Domino's Pizza and then watched Perfect Strangers, Family Matters, Full House, and Step by Step, the exact episodes that aired 29 years beforehand, the, day, the year I was born. And that we watched those exact episodes that aired that night. So you while had, eating shitty pizza that we, your family would order on a Friday. You had a 90s date night. Yes. We did that once where we we hooked up a Super Nintendo, got <laughs> and then got crappy delivery pizza. I mean it was weird to me because like obviously I was like a 1-year-old, but you know, <laughs> she liked it. <sighs> the All right. Oh this, wait, wait. No, the best what? part was so uh, I found a YouTube video that was the ripped commercials oh. from a night of TGIF that was like six months later. It wasn't the exact night we were watching, but it was still like that season. So it was like between shows, I was like, all right, we have to watch three minutes of commercials for this YouTube video now. And we'd go back to the YouTube and watch the commercials. That's like one of, that's my, my wind down TV sometimes is I will just <laughs> load YouTube 90s TV commercials. Yeah, Emily was like, this is soothing and fun. I don't know why I it's like this. Bizarre. I was like, but yeah, just load up, just Search on YouTube. There's a ton of commercials. Then the rest of the time when you're watching commercials, you're like, I hate this. Yeah. How much do I have to pay to get out of this? 
But then when it's on me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go load up commercials voluntarily for long, defunct things. Mm-hmm. All right. So this episode, uh, the fact that you're here tells us it's an AMA episode. Yes. This is the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. And joining me is show producer Paul Rita. And today we are going to answer your questions that I uh, demanded of you in our Facebook group uh, about 30 days ago. In housekeeping notes, I wanted to go... I wanted to share a few of our upcoming episodes because I think we got some some interesting stuff here. Uh, former Hoonigan art director John Chase is going to tell us how he's selling his art on Shopify online. And that one also, we really geek out about just being creative, creative dorks. Uh, and so I like that one a lot. Uh, then we get very academic with uh, business school professor Daniel McCarthy, who takes us on a deep dive of customer lifetime value. Because I made the mistake of going on Twitter and being like, hey, how hard could it be to calculate customer lifetime value? <laughs> and it turned out that just revealed how like wildly ignorant on the topic I was. But I was able to get a guest out of it. Um, then we have uh, Shopify partner Logan Grasby. He's going to tell us what he's learned building 300 landing pages. Uh, Tweet Hunter's J.K. Molina is going to make the case for why entrepreneurs should post on Twitter. That was a good one, but I don't know. That one might be mostly for me. But give it a shot. And uh, Stacy K from Ponyback Hats is going to share the story of her patented hats. Ooh, uh, I love that one. I love Stacy. She's super chipper and ready to rock. She is a current client of ours. And when her application came in, I literally was like, "Call her now." <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny. Then when I like shared it with uh, the rest of the team, uh, Ann Thomas, uh, who does part-time development work for us, right? Away, she's like, "I see those ads. I've almost ordered so many times." <laughs> It's always fun when, like, someone applies and, like, you recognize them from just, you've seen that in the wild. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, connected the dots. <sighs> Real bummer that I want to want to bring up a, a, a tragedy. Yeah, bummer's underselling it. Uh, last month, we had a client die in a, a motorsports accident. Uh, Ken Block, who is a, who was the, the co-founder of Hoonigan, he had founded DC Shoes. He'd sold that to Nike. Uh, he he died in a, a tragic snowmobile accident. Uh, but I just wanted it, it made national news. Um, it, it was it was weird, and it was also it was nice to see. It's like, hey, I, you know, it, 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 his his fame and success wasn't limited to just the automotive world. When you know, I came home and saw Lester Holt on the nightly news talking about it, but I just wanted to acknowledge it. I never got the chance to tell Ken Block. The man personally, hey, thanks. Thanks for what you did here, and thanks for, like, all the people you helped, whether you knew it or not. It's a, this is my only opportunity to, to try and share that, just because they, they've been a client for many years, and having them as a client uh, has, been, has been a wild and amazing ride, and having, uh, it, it also opened a lot of doors for us. And so I am uh, I'm eternally grateful for what Ken Block did for us, whether he knew that directly or not. I don't know how to transition. I was out about of that. to say I can't make a joke about that, so I really got nothing. I, yeah, I, there's no point in me being here. <laughs> in the in, a, in the in the the upcoming John Chase episode, we talk about it. Yeah, bit. it was strange because it, were... it, it happened. It happened the night of the Demar Hamlin thing on Monday Night Football. So I'm watching. Uh, oh, that was. Scary I'm watching too, yeah. Monday Night Football, and you know we didn't know that it, it, he was going to turn out fine. So it was like, oh. Yeah, that was a guy that just died. I just watched a guy die on national TV. Holy crap. 
And then at the time that that was happening, I got a text message that was like, Ken Block died. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was snowmobiling. It was a snowmobiling accident. I talked to a guy this morning, a client who's in motorsports as well. He gets on. He's got a neck brace on. I said, oh, man, what happened to you? He goes, oh, snowmobiling accident. I'm never getting on a yeah, snowmobile going, in my well, life. Well, I'm not going skiing. No. Not to, no. No. Uh, all right. Motorsports and snow sport dangers aside, let's, let's move on to some questions. Let's do some, some discussion here. And I've attempted to move these, group these into topics. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and the first topic is AI. Uh, Malik wants to know, what's your take on chat GPT to generate product descriptions and to write short codes to fix theme issues? Uh, I find the chat GPT output pretty much is like an eighth grader. I think sixth grader. Uh, who doesn't really know the answer, but got called on in class and is bullshitting really hard trying to get their way out of it. So middle schooler with extraordinary extemporaneous speaking skills. Skills, but no actual knowledge. You know, that is, that's kind of how it works. That's pretty much it, which I think is fine for a product description. And it, well, it depends on the source. If you're just telling like, Hey, make this up. It's going it, to, that's what it's going to do. And because when, like when you use it and it looks like it's typing, it's because it is. It doesn't know what the next word's going to be until it's finished the word it's on. And then sometimes it'll change its mind and go back if you watch it. Oh, my God. But it, like, it conceptually has zero idea of what it's saying. And more importantly, it doesn't know if what it's saying is true or not. So it makes all kinds of crazy. It'll make all kinds of crazy claims all day. It doesn't care. Uh, yeah, I saw a great snippet yesterday where someone was like, like, what's three plus four? And it was like, three plus four is seven. He's like, my wife says three plus four is eight. Should I tell my wife that she's wrong? And it's just like, no, for a good marriage, you should not tell your wife that she's wrong and blah, blah, blah. Therefore, three plus four must be eight or like something like that. Like it just doesn't, it has no, it has no knowledge whatsoever. It's just a way of rearranging words in a dumber fashion. <laughs> but if you are blocked, like mentally blocked at thinking up words, it's better than nothing. Like it's not going to replace an actual writer unless you don't care at all. That's a, a fairly negative impression of it. I don't disagree with any of it, and yet I'm still quite bullish and optimistic about no, the No, I think, you know, obviously everything's going to get better, and, you know, I'm here for fairly pessimistic things about technology. I was talking about NFTs on Clubhouse. It's going great. <laughs> <laughs> NFTs on Clubhouse. Yeah, I was talking about NFTs on Clubhouse. I think it's really going to do really good this year. A lot of people still on Clubhouse, buddy? Yeah, talking about NFTs. Well, so on this ChatGPT question, as for said, the short, As for the code part, I've seen That's it. pretty hit or miss. I've seen some, it do something correctly, but in the Facebook group, someone was like, how do I do X? And you were just like, here you go, and you just pasted something that you clearly asked ChatGPT for the answer, and it was 100% wrong and would not have worked. Here's the problem. is it? And I had to drop I in and be like, it. this would not work. I saw it, and I was like, this looks like it would work to me. Yeah. Like, it, it looked unfinished. <laughs> but other times I've asked it basic stuff and it gets a it gives you a thing that'll be right or it's like well that's at least a good start yeah i know here's for the product description i think it i think with chat gpt it's all right what's our prompt all right here we're going into andrew's uh andrew's question which oh. is kurt you've been playing around with chat gpt your top three e-commerce use cases the all right so the way i am personally using it so there's jasper.ai and i signed up for the free trial gave them my credit card, agreed to the annual plan, then did what everybody does, and I forgot to cancel. And so $900 later, I have a year subscription to Jasper.ai. And so that's what I've been playing with. 
Um, and I've got uh, my wife using it as well for her store. And so it's phenomenal for I have writer's block or I need a writing assistant where like give, you know, get me started on something and then I can rewrite that or uh, take what I wrote and rewrite it in a particular way to try and like get me unstuck, give me different views on it. It's also interesting. Like I can write something that's too long and then tell it, hey, rewrite this as a tweet. And then it, it understands. It'll shorten the length. You do that a lot. You, I see you do that a lot where you, like, shorten. You, you use it to shorten things. You go, so, like, say this, but only in two sentences. Yeah. Or you can have it change tone. It's like, say this, but don't be cynical. And it understands that. Um, and so I think as a copy editor, it's great. I think the, the value of it is in the prompt. Like, you need to be a master of crafting your input to it. And so, all right. I've been using it for, like, I got to write this newsletter every week and I got to write podcast show notes every week. And so I'm using it as an assistant for that. Like, give me the ideas or like, here's the source content. Try and summarize that, shorten that, take my verbose thing, rewrite that. Using it that way where I'm just, it absolutely works. If you sit down and are like, all right, chat GPT, just give me a 500, SE, a 500 word SEO article on X topic. I think that's the wrong way to do it. So it's like, don't make it do your homework. Do make it your assistant. I just that that's just like all Google Google results now. Yeah, just like you click on it together. You, and it, you click on it, and it's just like a robot wrote this, and yep. it's just like you are asking why something is this way. Well, this it could be this way for many reasons, and it's just it, there no it writes human a book report. Yeah, it's like no human has ever touched this. Yeah, the thing it really does write like a middle school book report if mm -hmm. you just like by its default. Um. But I think certainly a thing to keep an eye on and a thing that in the next 18 months, like these tools are really going to evolve and be be more interesting. I mean, I think it, I, I saw a thing yesterday. It was a it was a real estate agent and they used it to write the listings. They were just like, it's it's great. I mean, because I mean, a real estate listing like these things, I feel like, you know, a podcast show description, a real estate listing evoking emotion isn't necessarily the top priority or like it's at least better to just you got to have something in there you're just you got to fill it you got to fill the hole yeah it's, it's perfunctory yeah so and you have source material there the real estate listing i imagine you could be like write a real estate listing within x number of characters for a house that with these attributes and then it's just like three bedroom five bedroom yeah if you could somehow mechanize the inputs where you're almost like you're filling out a spreadsheet with the house attributes and they're just like all right give me a uh, description for each house in the spreadsheet, it would just barf them all out. And like, oh, I just saved, that was like 10 hours of work that just got saved. I'm so tired of losing revenue. Ah! Are you tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences? Ooh. Of course you are. Did you know that anonymous shoppers who visit your store on their phones can't receive abandoned cart emails from Shopify? <gasps> Pop quiz. What do Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, and Blendjet have in common? They all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. We I'm 10xing our list, okay? Like 10x. Like I'm not even joking. Onboarding is quick and easy, and implementation takes just hours, not months. 
Plus, Retention.com's flexible pricing is based purely on incremental performance, so you only pay for what you get. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit Retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. But in that case, like in both of those examples, what's the source input? The real estate thing, I could give it a very quantified description of the house. And so it's going to be able to work off that. And I'm not, you're right, I'm not too concerned with like the readability of this short description. And it mostly it's just got to work and be as good as I could bang out and the chances are it can. Like yeah. if you've read real estate listings, they're all over the place. Yeah, well, and again, you're banging them out. You're not crafting, you're not Hemingway. You're, yeah. not, you're not crafting <laughs> a, a story here. No, and I'm not putting my publishing my op-ed in the New York Times either. Yeah. For the podcast show notes, that one I've done where I will take the transcript from the show and say, here you go, summarize that. And then it'll, it'll come back with a summary where it's like, all right, here's the points you hit. Here was the topic. I'm like, fabulous. And so I'll tweak that and then I'll take that and go, write a podcast episode description under X characters using the following, based on the following interview outline. And then it'll turn around and be like, here you go, buddy. Like, it just does it. And sometimes, like, it does it. And I'm like, well, that's actually, that's really, you missed the point on the theme. <laughs> um, like, it, it has trouble understanding what is and isn't important. It def yeah, it definitely needs editing. I would not yeah. just, like, post whatever it outputs blindly. And so if you're looking to play with this, all right, I'll plug Jasper.ai. Because the magic is in the prompt you give the AI. A lot of these tools are just like, hey, we're we're a prompt generator, and we're just going to hide you from the shenanigans. Um, and it work, works pretty well. And, like, assistant tasks. I'll be like, hey, strip the HTML out of this. Hey, could you just, like, reformat this listing? You can make it do a little bit of research for you. Like, yeah, what are the top five restaurants of this zip code? I don't know if it's right, though. That's yeah, the that's problem the with thing. It. <laughs> it, I see you ask that all the time. You're like, what are the top... 20 stores that sell this and it just spits it just spits crap out at you and yeah. you're like that sounds right yeah that's the catch it's like <laughs> well that sounds right yeah. i really have because it's not like it comes back to you with its methodology again because it doesn't know either again going back to your code sample that you posted in facebook you were like that looks right and i'm sure everyone in the facebook group was like yeah sure that could do that and i was i was the only one that was like yeah no one do this that's this the, wouldn't work that's and <laughs> that's the magic and the danger of it all right moving on from ai who we got here? Oh, Mark Parks. We had some two, two questions based around like year in review kind of thing. Mark Parks, what questions should we be asking ourselves as we move into 2023? Not every answer will be the same. Uh, each business is their own beast, but are there key questions we need to explore properly to come out ahead this year? I think there's a million and one listicles that'll like and gurus that will give you all the questions you got to sit down and ask well, yourself. Well, I, I think the bigger, is there something specific to now that we think is more important than it was a year ago? AI? Web 3? <laughs> Web 4. NFTs and Clubhouse? <laughs> all right, so forget the night, for, forget the year. Yeah, working in quarters is probably better. There's a book about it, 12-week year. Um so, like, whatever advice that applies to, like, this is what you should do every year. You want it to, if it works for you, do it every 90 days. The problem is, I don't know, what's the thing that works for you? And so, for me, like, year in review tends to be, it's like, all right, what are my long-term goals? What are my short-term goals? Are, you know, are we still on track for that? Do they still make sense? Um, and for me, it's like, you know, short-term goal is 90 days or next 12 months, and long-term goal is, like, all right, five to 10 years. 
And you know, are, are we within that? So like, you got to have that that vision in your head. And then, okay, looking back at the last year, what worked, what didn't? What did we not like? You know, what did what did we like doing? Okay, can we double down on the things that worked and that we liked? And can we get rid of or reduce the stuff we didn't like and didn't do? Or didn't, don't want to do? But I, now that I've said it all out loud, you don't have to do that. Like, that should just be every day, shouldn't it? The New Year is so this arbitrary. This is too open-ended of a question. Yeah. It, I don't know. Just the same shit you always worried about. <laughs> That's it. But somehow, when it's like it happened after Christmas, that's a whole new world. Yeah. All my previous mistakes have been washed away. And then uh, Anthony Watts had followed up with, what are some trends you like, dislike, that you hope to continue slash discontinue in 2023? I thought that one would just come to me. I really did. I don't know what's a fucking trend. <laughs> you know, like fundamentally, trends come and go. I mean... I'll let you in on my little secret here. I just tell you every single trend is garbage, and I'm right 80% of the time, because that's just the batting average for it. The It's the inverse of, like, <laughs> he predicted the last three of ten recessions. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. It's the recession. It's coming. I'm just going to keep saying it. Eventually, I'll be right. Yeah, and when you're not right, we're like, well, it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Same with trends. Same with trends. That trend's bullshit. Well, it's been going on for five years. Ah, well, it's the exception that proves the rule. I've been all right. So, what are the things that I've been hearing are right around the corner and are going to be huge for the last five years? Mobile payments. I don't know how we haven't all like agreed upon and mastered this yet. I mean, we got Apple Pay, Google Pay, all that. I mean, what is the mobile mobile payment pickup that we see? It's not. It's way less than you would think. Is it even twenty five percent on stores? I I guess would be. It depends on the store, but also probably no. No, which is just like crazy. I know it's such low hanging fruit. Just make it easy for me to buy on the device I am most likely to be on. And so, okay, like, maybe this is the year we could finally accept mobile payment. Yeah, it's the same thing as desktop Linux. Oh, that's not happening. <laughs> and I'm a Linux fanboy. Yeah. We're always, social shopping's going to happen. It's always going to happen. It's been years of this. Has it yet? I don't, like, to a degree. I don't know. Is it? I don't. Uh, like, it's available. Does anyone use it in a meaningful context i don't think so are people buying things on tiktok i don't know all right i got a confession to make yeah i'm 42 <gasps> i've been lying for a really long time so i don't know what's happening on tiktok again all i do is watch <laughs> perfect strangers reruns so i'm not this is who you get your advice from i've people. really stopped getting involved in anything new whatsoever i'm really enjoying it but so to ask me like are people buying things on TikTok? I don't know. Are they? What's funny, the really successful stores, it's still the same core playbook. I own the channel. I have an online store. I may or may not be in some marketplaces, and by that I mean Amazon. And I get my traffic through organic SEO, paid ads, and a little, a little bit of social, but like that gets rolled up into paid ads too. Um, and those networks are probably still Facebook and Google. And then uh, we get a ton of people through email. And if we're fancy, there's some SMS in there. And that's that's been the playbook for how long? Yeah. And like the subtleties change to it, but that overarching scheme unchanged. 
you would think it like, yeah, it's technology. Like we've got all these tools that are constantly moving, but like the core fundamentals, eh, it's always the same. Yeah. We, we got a client that has a website that was one of the worst websites I've, uh, we've ever dealt with just in terms of like age. It's like, this is a 2005 website. It didn't even have a logo on it. No logo. Nothing. It was just text. Yeah. Text. It does over $30 million a year. You know, we get applications that are like, I want to have a web, like my website looks like a four figure website. I want my website to look like a six figure website. Like I need to look like I do 10 million. My competitors are Nike and Reebok. Like, you know, all these guys that just constantly are just pushing, pushing to be like, well, that's not cool. It's got to look like this site that is not in my niche, but I've decided this site is cool. So we got to look like this hot sauce website for my shoe store. I don't know why. And in the end, we look at this client of ours and it's like, wow, that site's garbage. $40 million a year. Like, because it was simple, <laughs> it was direct. I mean, it, it didn't screw around. There were no shenanigans. It loaded quickly because it didn't have a bunch of widgets on it. Yeah. I, I, they didn't have any apps. It was like ShipStation. There were five apps, and I think they're all backends. It was like ShipStation. Yeah. And so it's just like, well, we sell a product uh, in our niche that we sell. Uh, we price it, you know, we have good pricing, and you could just get on our website and buy it right away, and then it comes to you. Like, that's the whole promise that, fulfilled. That's it. And uh, 40 million a year. We haven't touched the website in over a decade. And uh, it's just all these other people are like, why do you make it so hard? <laughs> we could be our own worst enemies. It's easy to get in your way. It really, get in your own way. It really is. Um, and I think a lot of like the redesign, it's like, oh, it's got to look cooler. It's got to look better. That's for your ego. Like, you, that's why you want the cool website. It's because it's a business owner's reflection of you. It does not necessarily sell more. Now, it depends on the category. If I'm, like, super designy furniture, apparel, all right, maybe I need the fancy website. Or I'm so cool, it's undesigned. That's another trend, undesigned. And that's, like, we're going to spend a ton of money to have it look like the store that didn't put in the effort and still made $40 million. That's the big, my big learning is always, like, design's way less important than you think. The trends that I dislike that I would like to discontinue is people acting like the fancy widgets on their website matter. They don't. It's like, oh, well, it's full of animations and the stuff barely appears and it's impossible to navigate. <laughs> Look how the font on that button is so thin. You could barely tell it's a button. That's how you know they're sophisticated. Our add to cart rate's terrible because no one can find the button, but it looks nice. Just, it's light gray text on a dark gray background. It's like, what? We're here to make money. I realize I'm like essentially a socialist, but when I'm in. <laughs> and a curmudgeon. And a curmudgeon. Too many things are infected with making money. But some things are about making money. And when you're doing the things that are about making money, make the goddamn money. Have no feelings about it. Do not care about anything other than making the money. And I, it, that's what drives me insane, is that people that allow other shit to impinge on making the money. In regards to a business, 100%. All right, does it pass the mill test? Is it moral, ethical, legal? Yes. All right. <laughs> and now we're going to be like, but I don't like the color blue. <laughs> Do you like money? Yeah. Do you like the color green? It's like, I really want it to look like this website. Why? Because I have no self-esteem and I stare at it all night th and I think that they're better than me. So I need to be just like them so I can be as good as them. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm moving on from this. Yeah. <laughs> that We went off the rails there. All right. Marketing. Aisha. Other than offering discount codes to your shop, any ideas to effectively get window shoppers to hop on your email list? I've also tried the discount wheel. Spin to win. Spin to win. Punch the monkey. Uh, scratch off. Exit 10 pop-ups and subscribe here in the footer. Okay. 
and we need some fresh ideas. The thing I've not heard here is downloads. A lead magnet. Oh, I was going to say piece of content, piece which of content. is the same thing as downloads, I yeah, think. Either, yeah, email-gated content, downloads. All right, so I talked to a gentleman who sold um, quilt supplies and did well doing it, and they had this huge email list because they had free patterns you could download. And they were just, it, I think it was a PDF um, to download these patterns. But you had to give them your email to get the pattern. And that drove a ton for them. And my wife's store, same deal. She's like, hey, I got a, uh, these PDF planning sheets. Got to download the PDF. Uh, but to do it, I need your email. And that works really well. And it's actually e easy to do in Shopify because you could set it up as um, Shopify is a free app called Digital Downloads uh, that they developed. And you could use that to when someone purchase, purchases a virtual product in your store and you just set it to $0. You're going to get their email when they go through your checkout. And uh, then it'll just send them the digital download. And they've gone through your checkout. You just train them that it's like easy to go through this. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I like to do. Like, yeah, there's extra steps in there, but now I'm really, I'm going for quality over quantity with that method. I mean, the other way is like, you could just have them fill out an online, you know, a form, and then it sends them a link to download the PDF. And like, okay, that's way fewer steps. That would work too. But I think that's the thing you haven't tried. And it's easy for me to go like, all right, just go make some content. <laughs> it, it depends on the store, you know. Um, I talked to a guy, I said, hey, we're going to do... A, they sold shoes, and they said, we're going to do, like, a, uh, a big customer survey um, and find out, like, all these attributes about, uh, you know, how people buy and shop and why. And I won't spoil the lead on this one for them. Um, and then that will be, like, that's the big lead magnet. And so you could, like, share your own research repackaged. You can provide guides, templates, patterns. Yeah, you got to get creative, and it's hard. But once you make the piece of content, it just keeps buying you emails. Yeah, the um, I've been cooking a lot of Chinese food this year. I've like gotten into cooking Chinese food. I don't know why. You got to walk, right? I got to walk. Oh okay. yeah. I got to walk for Christmas and it, it's amazing. Um, and all the Chinese food I've been making is incredible. Every single time I'm like five for five in Chinese recipes and they all come from this one blog called the walks of life. W O K. Ha ha ha. And they have an email capture on their site. And Hey, if you sign up for our email, We'll send you an ebook with our top 25 recipes. We'll just email you the top 25 already. And I logged on while you were talking to see, and it's Chinese New Year right, right around now. And they said, well, if you sign up now, you'll also get your special Chinese New Year dinner plan and shopping list for like, if you want to have like a Chinese New Year party, we'll break it all down for you and how to like do all that. And like, that's a great email capture. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, they have recipes. They have like items that they can give you. Yeah. And I mean, again, those top 25 recipes, those are already on the website. All they're doing is repackaging them into an EPUB or whatever that they are then emailing you with, the, like, nice photos and a nice layout. I think that's the other trap people get into is, like, oh, this content's already here, so I can't, you know, repackage it. Yeah. Go ahead and repackage it. Yeah, if you got 10 blog posts on your store telling, showing people how to use your product or whatever, just package, find a way to repackage it in a nice fashion into an EPUB or whatever kind of ebook type and send them that. I've seen uh, content, they call it a content upgrade. So it's like I'm in the blog article and then, you know, halfway through there's a banner that's like, hey, want this sent as a PDF to your phone? Yeah. Just enter your email. It's the same article, 
just repackaged so they can get my email. But they're providing me the convenience, and it's like kind of like a save for later. I'm yeah. bookmarking it in a way. Um, so I think it's easy to like overthink it and talk yourself out of it. But I like that one. 1,002. Resolutions are hard. Try something easy instead, like growing your Shopify store with one-click upsell. Zipify one-click upsell, aka Zipify OCU, can increase your Shopify revenue 10 to 15% overnight. One-click upsell has made its users an extra 393 million in sales. It's no wonder it's trusted by over 12,000 Shopify merchants. One-click upsell helps boost your average order value with targeted upsells and cross-sells. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To make this an even happier new year, go to zipify.com slash Kurt and start your 30-day free trial. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. All right, we got uh, Adam says, have you or anyone extensively tested post-purchase upsell designs with Rebuy or Zipify and have any feedback on best practices or examples of what works best, i.e., Image types, counter timers, long form versus short form, aggressive or mild copy, etc. The answer to this, like all things, is it depends. So let's be specific what we're talking about here. We're talking about post-purchase upsells. So they've already bought something. This specific product they have bought, we are putting them in a special email funnel for the people that have bought this thing, correct? All right, so that is similar in Woodwork. He's talking about... When I place my order, I am on the order confirmation page, and then it's like, hey, you want to buy this extra thing? And then it either makes a new order, and ed edits my order, and sticks it in. Oh, order yeah. confirmation page, that's too late. No, that works too. You could do it, um, you can add stuff in the checkout now, you could do stuff post-purchase. Whoa! Yeah. Technically, cross-sell, like we're adding additional items. Upsell would be we replace what they bought. All the individual questions he's asked here, the answer is it depends, but the the more important point is relevance. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it can't just be like, you bought this vacuum cleaner. Would you also like to buy the T-shirt? No? <laughs> no, I don't want your... <laughs> no, Dyson. I'm sorry, <laughs> Sir Dyson. I don't want the Dyson T-shirt. But if you said, hey, did you want to get the wall mount for that vacuum? Hey, did you want an extra battery? Hey, as long as it's the item in the cross-sell will improve my experience, increase the value of the product I have already agreed to buy then those do really well. Yeah. The other one that people overlook that you could do is, um, and it, again, it's like it depends what the product is, but let's say it's a consumable good like coffee. You can go, and they show up, they buy a pound and a half of coffee. You go, hey, did you want to, you must like that coffee. You want to add another pound for 50% off? Mm -hmm. I'm already paying to ship the thing and fulfill it. Just let them add another item in there. Uh, that's another good one that people skip over, is sell them the same thing twice. <laughs> that one works. The rest is really like testing um, and just trying to come up with really relevant stuff. Yeah. It, Less so than I, I like the timer, but it could be a term. The timer will often work, but it could be a term turn yeah, off. Timers are gross uh, for this kind of thing. I think short form will tend to perform better because you're not, ex you don't want some long form implies. I got to explain it and really sell them. You don't want that. Just be like, Hey, you bought those shoes. Here's the perfect socks. You don't have to explain the socks to me. Yeah. That, that, all these side questions of like image types, countdown timers, what kind of form, what kind of copy, all of that stuff is like 
5% of it. All of those combined is 5%. 95% is the offer. Is this a product that will make the product I'm currently buying cooler and it costs and it's like a add-on that costs much less. Like I will since I'm already buying the first product, I will receive more value by buying this second product. That's that's 95% of it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right, two more and we're out. DevOps questions. We've got Derek asks uh, or says, I'm buying an inactive competitor store currently on WordPress. Any tips for the order of operations or things to watch out for when migrating it to Shopify? I right, said so the value in what he's getting there, I'm guessing, is I get I'd acquire an email list mm-hmm. of the past customers. So don't just jam them into your email list. Like email them at least once and go, hey, this is what happened. This yeah. is why you're on this list. And here's the unsubscribe link. When you do it like that and, like, beg them to unsubscribe, they won't. They'll stay. Um, so that would be how I approach that. And then the other thing is, all right, you got to – I assume you want to migrate something out of that store um, to uh, yours. I'm guessing you want not only the, e- the current email list, but you also want all past purchasers yeah. probably. Yeah. So, all right, we want to – You need the orders. We want the orders. We want the customers. Uh Products, catalogs, blog posts. Like, ideally, this thing has SEO value to it. And so let's migrate over all the content. And if we don't, whether or not we migrate over all the content, I want URL redirects for everything they had. Depending on how many pages they had indexed in Google, that may or may not be a lot. Sounds like a job for AI. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure AI import migration tools are coming. <laughs> now, what saves you here is WordPress and Shopify are extremely prevalent platforms. And so there is no end to the number of tools that will help you do the migration. Uh, for me, I, my go-to tool is Matrixify. I did uh, a WordPress migration this year. I used Matrixify, WordPress to Shopify. Um, even with, like, they had plugins, custom fields. They had all kinds of goofiness in WordPress. It still really was not bad to do. Um, because WordPress is, is a good CMS, Shopify is a good CMS, and Matrixify is a great, well-documented mediary there. But I think, you know, the value is going to be, and the watchouts is going to be, hey, get make sure you got your, your redirects, your SEO links. Even after you do it, there's stuff you always miss. There's an app called Redirectify I like that makes it easy to, it'll just list out, hey, here's my missing URLs, makes them easy to set a redirect, or do uh, wildcard matching. It's like, oh, there's some really common patterns here. I could just set up to automatically redirect those. So there you go. Uh, Jim wants to know, have you tried Shopify functions at all? It seems like a great way to get plus features for normal plans and streamline the shopper experience with automatic discounts and other functionality. Kurt, what's Shopify functions? I have not personally used Shopify functions. Let's get that out of the way first. (laughs) But he's right in that when he says, hey, this seems like I could get plus features the big for us anyway, like the big unlock with Shopify Plus is script editor, and script editor lets us add uh, programmatic logic where we could change, we could alter attributes of uh, each step in the checkout. I could change things about shipping. I could change things about payment methods. Like, oh, we want to offer PayPal, but we also sell CBD. So if an item with CBD is in the cart, hide PayPal as a gateway. And you could explain this to PayPal. They'll go, okay, you can keep selling. Um, and then, or like we could do complex discounts automatically. Uh, that's the most common use for uh, script editor. Shopify functions, 
fills that similar hole. Like in Shopify's own, they maintain a GitHub repo, and they have one with called function examples. And their three example apps are delivery customizations, uh, discounts tutorial, and payment customizations. Well, what does that sound like? That's the same, same thing. As, Shop, as Shopify Plus's script editor. And so he is 100% right about that. And like script editor, it's uh, like I got it. It's Ruby code. So you got to be able to produce that and put it in. And then like you could share those templates. Um, Shopify functions, you'll be able to package them up like applets. And so you could share those as well between stores. Um, so it sounds like similar, fun very similar functionality, but extended and easier to use. When they announced this thing, I don't think people realized what it was. And so they didn't know to care. But Shopify Functions is one of the features I'm, I'm really excited to see it roll out and see people start using. For that to happen, I think one of the things is we got to get all these, these plus stores with uh, checkout.liquid customizations need to go for them to be mm. able to support the new checkout, which then supports Shopify Functions. But like in the next 12 months, you're going to see this thing, and I think it's going to add a lot of, a lot of nifty features to check out that you didn't previously have access to. So that's my answers. Cool. No, I haven't played with it, but it seems like it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, if if, uh, if Shopify script editor is any indication, that's super powerful. I get so much utility out you of could that. Do, yeah, you could do BOGO deals. You could do buy this product, get this you know, other thing for free. You know, so many, so many myriad discounts that will really jack up your revenue. Oh, and they don't have to use coupon codes, and I don't have the limitations of automatic discounts. Oh, I'm getting excited about script it. I'm sold on Shopify script it. <laughs> now this is um, extends that, and so we're we're excited about that. All right, that was our last question. Any final closing thoughts, Mister Rita? I mean, do you want to apologize for lying about your age to me for so many years? No, <laughs> I accept this. Uh, so. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode, so please join our Facebook group, the Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders, and talk to us. We would love to hear from you. Let's get out of here. The Unofficial Shopify Podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases. How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.